This is the Abraham's Wallet podcast. Abraham's Wallet spans the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Hey guys, welcome back to the Abraham's Wallet podcast. I have some heartbreaking news this week. Our good man, Stephen Manuel, got together with another guy who is a friend of the podcast and the blog and has been a key supporter of ours for a long time, and they recorded a fantastic podcast together, and unfortunately, the audio is terrible. So I'm going to ask them to go back and have that conversation one more time for you because it's worth hearing and that will be coming to you in a very soon episode. But in the meantime, we're just wrapping up Lodo Feb, which is the month of February in which we spend as little as possible both to ramp up our generosity as a crew and to turn down our fleshy desires that are always screaming for more, more, more. And so we do that every February this month. We've not talked a ton about Lodofeb. Stephen and I did an episode a couple weeks ago to kind of let you guys in on it. This week, given the snafu, I'm going to read you a post that Stephen wrote uh, March 5th, 2018. So a couple years ago to reflect on Lodofeb. We're just wrapping it up. If this is the first you're hearing about Lodofeb, please jump in and join us. But... This blog is called Why Deny Yourself with an alternate title. Yo, why go Lodo, bro? Just this morning, as she was climbing into my car, my six-year-old asked for some bubblegum. My car is associated with bubblegum in her mind because, well, I'm not Thoreau. I glory in the small pleasures of life, a category into which bubblegum fits squarely. Normally happy for anyone to partake in anything I also enjoy, today's response was different. Sorry kid, no gum, and no money for gum. She got over it, and she didn't question the notion that our family doesn't have the $1.27 that my standby gum, bubble tape since you asked, would put me back. We've just closed the books on an annual family tradition in which we spend as little money as possible through the month of February. Lodofeb, as it's been dubbed, is our rhythm of intentionally saying no. And heck, it can be yours too. Matter of fact, we recommend it. You can have Lodo March or Lodo November for all I care, but you're going to have to deal with more than 28 days of it if you do. Sorry. As with any form of asceticism, I'm always a bit relieved when it's over, because I can get back to my indulgent, freewheeling lifestyle. But while I'm inside of it, I'm always thinking about it and reflective of its benefits. This year, I've been considering the broader question. Why say no at all? Why would we intentionally deny ourselves anything if we don't have to? I live below my means. This has nothing to do with my income, by the way. I lived below my means when I made $9,000 a year. It has to do with my upbringing and specifically my fiscally conservative German and Scottish-bred mother, Linda, bless her Texan heart. That means that I not only have the money to live the way I do, I have money for more. I could always live it up more than I do, always. But I've decided over and over again not to ratchet up my spending. 
Before we get too deep into this, I'll just say that this is absolutely not a personal credit to me. I prefer having this reflex, but it's not because I'm any better than anyone else. Like I said, it was just drilled into me as a kid and has been reinforced in adulthood. I haven't improved my car when I could. We didn't move into a bigger, nicer house as soon as we could. We haven't upgraded furniture or clothing or tech or vacations when we could. And now, thanks to Lodo Feb, I not only don't spend according to my budget, but we actively choke our budget until it flows at its slowest possible drip. So here's five real good reasons why. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. That's a quote from Jesus. Number one, I'm forgetful. That verse that I just read is unquestionably true, but dang it, I'm an American. And that's just not how I experience the world. I live among people who get $6 Starbucks whenever we want, then deal with the consequences later. We have our ideal meals pretty much every night, regardless of the price tag, then shrug our shoulders in the end of the month and go, I don't know, that's just what groceries cost. We feel morally obligated to have whatever the latest Bluetooth, high-fidelity, noise-reducing, wireless earphones that have just come out are. And our lives tell us that life's quality is contingent upon our possessions, both their quantity and their quality. Somehow we forget the glory days of college. For me, that was a time of nearly zero funds. My weekly dough was whatever the tips were when I waited tables the previous weekend. Taco Bell was a serious night out with the fellas. And nearly unlimited joy. We had nothing at all, but we had a ball. I forget that truth that we don't need much money at all for love or fun or significance or access to truth or anything that you'd call life. If anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, setting aside selfish interests, and take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come, and follow me. Believing in me, conforming to my example in living, and, if need be, suffering, or perhaps dying, because of faith in me. That one, also a quote from Jesus. Number two, it's one of the costs of entry into a life of following Jesus. Sure wish I could rewrite the Bible sometimes, but here it is, naked and unvarnished. If you want to follow Jesus, you have to say no to yourself over and over in a thousand different ways. No getting around it. This happens in your thoughts, your career choices, your relationships, and absolutely with your money. I want followed by no. That means I need to grow in my saying no to myself muscle. Note to humans, you were not born with this muscle. And note to parents, good luck, because your kids weren't either, as you already know. This muscle could be called self-control, and it's one of the results of the Spirit of God being active in your life. If you don't ever grow in self-control, the saying no muscle, you'll simply never be mature and walk as deeply or as intimately with Jesus as you want. The world and its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out, but the man who does the will of God is set for eternity. That's a quote from John the Apostle. Number three, I'm building people. As noted above, I have kids, both physical kids and spiritual sons I'm building into. As noted many times in the Bible and on this site, this podcast, if they don't have an appropriate relationship with money, they will be sunk spiritually, and thus my lifetime investment in building a family would be sunk. I want to train my kids with regard to money. They, like me, are surrounded by a culture of wanting and even the glorification of wanting. 
but they lack whatever wherewithal I possess to bob and weave my way through it. They are defenseless against a lifetime of pursuing their momentary lusts until they get trained otherwise. Ergo, parents. It's my job to teach them to say no to worldly lusts, so having a period in which their mom and dad don't buy them what they want is formative and helpful to them. We make sure that we're saying no to them all year long, but Lodofeb is a time to say no pretty much wholesale. Have something to share with those who are in need. The Apostle Paul. I'll not offer as a sacrifice to God that which costs nothing. That one's from King David. Number four, we're going to be a family of givers. One of the fun wrinkles of Lodofab is that while we're spending less, our budget will remain exactly the same. That is, we're not saving any of what we don't spend. We're taking the difference between our normal budget and what we spent, and then we're giving it away. We make this a cause for celebration in our home, and it shows us all that saying no to our momentary wants can produce a good that's much more valuable than bubblegum. This year, we're giving our difference to a widow we know and love. True giving is always costly. So if you always say only yes to yourself and also throw a bit towards charity, that gift, biblically, is much less valuable than giving with sacrifice attached to it. Since we want a family culture that produces giving experts, we get excited about that more valuable kind of giving. Be on your guard against all types of greed. Jesus. Number five, and lastly, I want to be lean and mean. For all of us, it's so easy to think that our current lifestyle is the minimum we could possibly exist on. For most people, the lifestyle you currently enjoy is the most expensive one you've ever experienced. We are convinced that we need new shoes twice a year. You don't. We have to eat out six times a month. You don't. And that our luggage just has to be updated annually. It doesn't. Side note from Mark, I think Stephen Manuel might be the only person who thinks his luggage has to be updated annually, but tell me if I'm wrong. You'll never hear me say any of those things is inherently sinful. They're not. What is sinful, in as much as sin is believing a lie, is the idea that we couldn't get by with less. This is why we freak out when we think we might possibly lose our jobs or that our income or dividends will decrease from year to year or we get anxious when unexpected costs barge into our lives. We just think we're going to have a really rough time if we have less. Lodo Feb teaches my whole family every single year that, nope, we can get by on less just fine. It becomes a game, seeing where we can save. My wife is great at it. She takes a strange delight when she can find apples for 50 cents cheaper than she budgeted for. I found a $10 gift card in my backpack this month and just screamed in my car. I took home lunch leftovers from the staff kitchen where I work more than once, and it became dinner. Yay. And if you think there's a better deal going than the amount of calories you can buy for a five-spot at Taco Bell, well, you're out of your freaking mind. So, to quickly review, number one, we will remember Jesus' teachings about money. We're going to follow Jesus. We will develop self-control. We are going to be givers now and forever. And lastly, we can get by on less. We'll be fine. So thanks, Lodo Feb. See you next year. For Abraham's Wallet, this article was written by Stephen Manuel, and I'm Mark Parrott. We'll catch you next week, guys. Mm-hmm.